I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Guess what? It's March. Is it really? Well, when this is going on, this is still February, but... Yeah, scary because it's still winter time in Santa Cruz. Pouring rain over here. Pouring rain. I just turned a little older. Although our last podcast said that was this when the last episode was being released. It was my birthday. My birthday is actually the day before. And here's what I get for being 38. I can't really hear in one ear right now because I have my own sweat drip in my ear in a hot Pilates class. Instantly clog. And now there's a constant ringing since what five days now yeah so i gotta go to urgent care in a little bit <laughs> it's really happy 38 that's awful yeah i'm that's, sorry that's just what happens you know getting a little older it's not good for podcasting either because you're like what we were in a what we were in a restaurant we were in salt lake city thank you salt lake city to everyone that came to and our blue workshop boutique. and blue boutique we sold out the workshop it was amazing we were supposed to be an hour and a half we talked for two hours we don't know how to shout and then out we did like photos and signed people's journals i was like this feels so special Some people flew in from seattle yeah so shout out to everyone that participated and to the people that had come to our workshops in 2019 that showed back. Oh yeah, up. that was so, so cool. You all know who you are because a lot of those folks are avid return listeners. So thank you for supporting us and for being there and your beautiful selves. That was really fun. And Amy, poor Amy, could only hear though <laughs> in one good ear. And so we were out just talking about the workshop beforehand, planning things, and she was like, "What? What? What?" <laughs> and then I can't hear. We have to leave. It's too loud. Oh yeah. Well, because I can't hear that well in my left ear, and there's a constant ringing. But then it's, everything's also amplified so there's all these loud loud sounds it's interesting because our job is to speak and to listen and although i'm not a great listener but you know we yes, whatever eh, sometimes i interrupt one of the best. like a lot like now uh knock knock i was listening <laughs> no i was gonna do a joke oh who's there interrupting cow interrupt Moo! Uh, uh, that's adorable <laughs> i know that's me so anyways it was wonderful and i'm gonna go to urgent care in about two hours i so. love how we talk about sex and anal and and squirting and then we tell the cleanest jokes out there knock knock like, jokes knock knock jokes dad jokes what did one shaggy boob shaggy other shaggy boob break up the thing yes, we're dead. Exactly. that's my favorite we're joke got a band-aid because i'm i'm cut that's a good joke too well, okay, so moving moving on, oh, yeah. I I'm, can't wait for you to go get your ear sorted because when you can't hear well, that's a bummer. I'm already 30% less of my right ear for hearing because of my rupture when I was 11. Thank you yeah. to my brother. I love you. I would never have known. You're so, yeah, I, I never, you're not like me. What? I learned how to read lips. Oh, you well. watch my face right now. I'm doing funny faces so she can't read yes, me. Yes, this is true. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this episode is wonderful. It's with Amir and Basira from Both Sides of the Bed podcast. We're talking about a dom-sub relationship dynamic, also in the bedroom. And, well, I think they're more bedroom than relationship dynamic, actually. Now I'm correcting myself. They're less like lifestyle. We live it all the time. Like, you know, just brushing my teeth. We're in this relationship dynamic. It's more in their erotic kink world in the bedroom. Right. They also talk about being beginners and entering into that world and and kind of what that can look 
look like, which Mm -hmm. for me was really cool to hear because a lot of folks that we've had in the show are, they've been in it for a while. It's not like they're newbies to it. And uh, Basira specifically talked about how that dynamic sort of went into play. Mm -hmm. And I loved hearing their story. Yeah, And they're both gorgeous, really intellectually driven humans that uh, it was a pleasure to have them on the show. So I want to go hang out with them at a sex party. Oh, also Mansquirt. I'm just, I'm going to leave it at that. Mansquirt. I've never heard of that before until Amir talked about this. That's the thing, apparently. All right. So stay tuned for some Mansquirt. You want to hear a sex question, Chip? I would love to. So my boyfriend is very submissive in the bedroom. He loves wearing a cock cage, being pegged, humiliation play, etc. While I am not as kinky by nature, I do have fun with it and I'm open to trying new things. One of the things that my boyfriend likes is being a sissy and having to wear makeup and women's lingerie. My struggle is that when we get into the sissy side of things, I start to get a little turned off. Is there a way I can fulfill his kinky desires without killing the mood for myself? Ooh, I like this question. And we don't know if the person posing the question identifies with any gender. They're female identified. Okay. I don't know about the bits, but yeah, I think female identified. Okay, got it. I wasn't sure. It doesn't matter. I just was trying to wrap my head around like what this would look like if it was a penis owner and asking the question for their penis owning partner or if it was a vulva owner or so it's someone that identifies as a female. Okay, got it. And so the information here isn't quite speaking to cross-dressing. It's not saying they're identified as a cross-dresser. They're in a cross-dressing. And I think we've talked about this for like is cross-dressing still the terminology, but we have a really great episode on this episode 222, Cross-Dressers by Curious Men and Their Admirers with Miss Ava Durga and Sissy Becca. And there's a lot of, I think this episode really normalizes the experience of being interested in being uh, on the sissy side of things, being someone, because because Sissy Becca identifies as a man, a penis-owning right. man, sis. And Sissy is not her first name, right? Sissy is the actual role that exactly. you're playing. Because I was confused about it because I have an aunt, a great aunt named Sissy. Oh, yeah. Um, and... I think she's, yeah, a great, great, great aunt, actually. Anyway, she's not alive anymore. Um, so I got really confused because I was like, oh, Sissy is their name, name. Yeah. like Sissy Becca. And so maybe no one else out there was thinking this way, but it took me a minute to process this. So yeah. um, so Sissy Becca, that's the role. When right? Becca is is in uh, Sissy Becca's role, meaning that's one of their personalities, you know, that when, so in everyday life, Sissy Becca, I don't know their actual real name, is someone that identifies as he, you know, and lives life as whatever his name is. But when Sissy Becca is in Sissy Becca's role or persona that feels really in, intrinsic to them, they want to be she and her in that role, but right. they also don't identify as transgender, but they want to go and wear, you know, lingerie and feminine things. And, and the pronouns would be she, she her, her then while yeah. they're in mm-hmm. Sissy Becca's role. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like call me queen, bitch. Yeah. Sissy, and Sissy Becca was yeah wonderful in the way that she in Sissy Becca's role was expressing why this feels really good to them. And so I'm curious how this might relate to your partner's experience. And then on the in the same episode, Miss Ava Durga, I think, gives a lot of tips for normalizing that for your partner, ways to find that hot for your partner uh, and ways to, you know, eroticize it and accept someone as they want to step into that role, because this is something that a fair amount of folks experience. They want to be able to take on this identity or this role at this time because it feels really 
really good to them, but it might not be how they want to walk down the street all the time. And maybe sometimes they want to walk down the street is that in that role. It might not always be um, something that is an erotic thing. It might also just feel really good to them. What this person's speaking to is in the bedroom, an erotic thing. And they're getting turned off when the role, they're, they're struggling yeah. when the role gets too sissy on the side of things. Uh, so that is a thing to look at because... I know that if I were in this position coming from my own sexuality, I know that I wouldn't be turned on if my part, I wouldn't disregard them or, or shame them by any means, but I'd be like, perhaps you could do that on your own separately with folks that are into it. That would be creating an open relationship. Yeah. And if they're monogamous and they don't have any open or the ability to go open, some folks just feel like they don't have that. Everybody would, unless you're, you know, um, chained down, which that's not where this person's coming from. Mm -hmm. There are places that they could honor that. And maybe you can talk about that because yeah. I know if my partner came to me and was like, look, I want to do this. I'd be like, I'm not turned on by that, mm -hmm. but you, you can go get that as long as it's a safe way. And there's no body fluids being exchanged for me. Cause I want my own safety to be considered. Well, I think there could be a difference between turned on and this is interesting or I'm curious or I'm really excited that you're feeling pleasure and it doesn't feel bad for me, but I'm not feeling my turn on, you know, we can totally, I mean, ideally we want to feel our turn on, but we can go into a space with a partner where it's just all about them. We feel some sort of pleasure that might not be turn on, but just like, wow, you seem like you're having a really good time or experiencing some goodness from this. So I feel good about that, but I might not be turned on. Would I want to do that every day? Probably not. Would I want to do that every week? Maybe not. So I don't know how often this is coming up. It might be something that your partner speaking to this, this person that wrote this question, wants often and all the time. Um, if you're going into what April's talking about, kind of like a open relationship or non-monogamy space, there's so many ways that that could look. Like April's talking about body fluids. You know, Do you go into a space where your partner can go and get this fulfilled with someone else? But it's we just recorded an episode with someone who is on OnlyFans. It's someone on camera who is not even in, you know, in the flesh in person, but they're being able to take on this role as, you know, someone who's playing in the humiliation aspect and actually knows how to work with someone who wants to wear lingerie and identifies a sissy and be told these things and they still get your partner still gets fulfilled by that by a professional but you don't even see them in person is that non-monogamy i guess you get to define that honestly if that was my partner i wouldn't say oh we're we're non-monogamous because my partner goes on to a camera with but someone might i wouldn't either but everyone someone might yeah. someone might be really off put by that yeah yeah and then is also so and is it about the actual touch and the things that are happening? Because if it's about the touch and things that are happening, then that's a different story. That's like an in-person sex worker, perhaps, or like you were saying, um, finding an outside party and a non-monogamous relationship dynamic or open relationship thing. But if it's just about being called sissy and being humiliated and being like seen in your lingerie and heels and things, you could totally do that with you pay someone on OnlyFans or other other avenues without having it like be something that threatens your relationship because they don't have your personal information absolutely i do think when i look at the actual the the question at hand is there a way i can fulfill his kinky desires without killing the mood for myself that's a solid question and i think what you said is 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 a great it's great insight where you're like if it's happening all the time or you're like okay maybe this is something that we need to take out of the bedroom and you can explore this in this other way that feels safe for me and there are ways you could work with that in the bedroom i would just probably be like i'm gonna use a sex toy and watch you dance around mm -hmm. once in a while and that's fine in the lingerie and and in your in in this in this kinky hum 
well, if you have to humiliate someone, though, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, that's I know. Hard when so, it's not feel, you're not feeling right. It in your I'm heart. not going to be like you're bad. Yeah. I don't even know how to do it. Look, yeah, she's you're just trying. so bad. You're naughty, naughty. That's it. Yeah. yeah, humiliation is more like, oh, that's all you have. Look at how small your penis. Right, is. I couldn't do that. So that would be hard for me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't feel comfortable. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Which that wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say penis in that role. <laughs> Look how small your penis is. <laughs> that's pathetic so (laughs) that is unless you have you would have to talk to him outside of the bedroom um if this is pertaining to this particular person if i were you i'd be like can i talk to you before this happens are there certain scripted lines that you would prefer to hear Mm -hmm. and i can rehearse those and just know that this is this for me is a role play thing whether or not i'm gonna get turned on if it does surprisingly happen i'd be stoked and Mm -hmm. be like yay look like i am really fucking turned on but if i'm not at least i can initiate his turn on if this was what my partner wanted at least a couple times a month or once a month or however that looks for them yeah you decide yeah and if it doesn't then i'll be like hey next week can we play with my thing because i'm bad at humiliating but if you're teaching me how to humiliate you great yeah well yeah we can learn roles we have to be willing to it has to feel somewhat well it has to feel safe and good but like somewhat deep uh you know running within our uh, veins uh but we can learn so many things i've learned so many roles i was like i could never do that and then i've been able to take it on and even eroticize it but some of them i can't you know some of them like mm, not really my jam you like golden showers yeah i tried it and scat play i would be freaking out haven't tried that right one, but i'm not like, saying it's yeah. like everyone that loves scat play that's great but for me i know that i'm such a germaphobe i would only think about that am i saying that i will never be into that i i i don't have a crystal ball but i doubt it um and do you think that's uh before the advice before the scat play and the golden showers yeah do you think that's good advice i I like what you said about like so them sitting with what you're just saying i was envisioning them sitting down and the partner you know he's saying here's what the lines and and also the energy you want to feel like here's what i'd like to hear but get as elaborate as possible here's a whole long list of all the things that you could say and the energy of what i'd like to receive there and how i'd like to feel and what i'd like to do where x y and z and then you for the person that wrote this same thing like you write your list you put them together and you get rid of the things that don't work for you if you if you know your partner's like i want you to make me tell me that i'm i'm bad and disgusting and make me lick the bottom of your shoes and you're like "Mm, i can tell you that you're bad and disgusting but i don't want you to lick the bottom of my shoes there you go. You have an option there and you might not be able to meet each other like perfectly, but at least you can do it in a way that feels it's good like for everyone. A tic-tac-toe of yeses and noes. Oh, that's good. But you could just make a chart of it somehow. You know, with like Punnett squares back in the day when I had biology classes. <laughs> it's kind of like that, except uh, this isn't genetics. It's it's sort of your relationship menu. Or which like we've a Venn, talked about. Venn diagram. Yes. Where does it overlap? Yes. Yeah. Or the hang human hang human where you're like playing that what's in this i played that with my nephew on a cruise i was like he's really fucking good at this game and he did like really long like 27 lettered uh sentences and i was like yo we only have so many letters in the (laughs) alphabet but you could play that game you could be like hey we're playing hangman hang human and you just select like it's really hard to figure out what people like with hangman and hang human yeah i wouldn't recommend that i just was thinking about fun games to play in the midst of it i want you to scat play me (laughs) Uh, that's good all right is that what we're is that our advice i think so okay there's some good pieces there there are there are i just want to make sure we didn't end on the scat play piece damn it god Scatplay happens. All right, you ready for the bio? We're not mocking if you like into scatplay or just you know. No, yeah. no, we're right. not. 
All right, here it goes. <laughs> Amir and Basira are lovers, creatives, and podcasters who love just about everything having to do with sex, connections, and kink. Combining Amir's desire to shift how people view sex, pleasure, and relationships as a whole, and Basira's education as a board-certified sexologist and relationship coach, their podcast, Both Sides of the Bed, is all about getting both the masculine and feminine perspectives of all all things sex, love, and relationships, and how to make them stronger. To learn more, visit bothsidesofthebed.tv. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with Amir and Basira. I said it right, Basira. Basira from Both Sides of the Bed podcast. We just got to speak to them for a while, and we were already kind of in love with them. So hopefully you fall in love with them too. And we're here to talk about you know, dominance, submission, lifestyle kink, man squirt. I would like to know about man squirt. <laughs> man squirt yes. Open relationships, all kinds of things. So you already heard a little bit about them in the bio, but we always start with the same prompt, Amir and Basira. Um, can you tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? It's a good question. I, I always answer first. You, no, answer. you answer first for a reason. <laughs> I guess I've always been just very explorative and just curious. And I think just that curiosity has led me down this path of, of exploration. Um, and I think that yeah, just having an inquisitive mind can help open up doors for you. And I, I think it's really important and it's allowed myself to just be open and not really. But once I got past worrying about what other people thought. Um, so after high school, it just opened wide open for me. And I just started diving into everything, um, started going to parties. And that really opened things up and just really learning just what's out there. Sex sure. parties or just standard parties? Sex parties. Oh, yeah. nice. Sex parties. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, I, and I learned pretty early. I was uh, 2021 20, when I start, first started going. Um, and it was an older crowd. So there was like people in their late 20s up until even their 50s. So I think that mature crowd of people who knew how to handle the lifestyle, who knew how to respect the game and do things properly. Like I learned the proper way to do it um, early. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always joke that um, I've always been like this, <laughs> and it just kind of happened, and it just become more evolved. I'm like a Pokemon, and <laughs> and because like when I was younger, I was just always really sexual. I was a, I was a horny little girl, and um, I was I, I think I was always in tune with my sexuality and wanting to explore it, but just because of you know religion and family and society, it was just like a slow build. But um, I think at the core, I've always been a very sexual person and I, it was I think just growing up and and finding a lot of independence and, and being kind of pushed into a lot of independence that I was able to um, explore it more and really just honor it and be like okay like this is this is my jam this is something that I feel really passionate about this is something that I really feel like my most self when I'm able to express myself sexually like to the fullest extent and then from there it was just like okay, I know this about myself. Now it's about finding a partner that I feel safe with to explore. So I think that part of me was always there, but it wasn't until I got into this relationship with him where I was able to fully feel um, and explore and understand myself on, a, on like the deepest depths of my sexuality. Oh, yeah. Two things I love that each of you said uh, independently. 
Amir said he went to sex parties with older people that were in their late twenties, and I was like, "Damn it!" I'm like, "Older people are in their late 20s? <laughs> I was like, "No, it's up to 50." And then I also loved how Basira said that she was a horny. You were a horny child. I was a horny child too. So I love those two pieces about each of you because horny children are great. You don't realize like you can't sh be shamed. And if you were shamed, hopefully you weren't shamed. Basira, were you shamed at all for being a horny child, humping a teddy no, bear or, or really, like, pillows? I was very private. So it's like, I knew like, oh, okay, I have a minute in this bedroom by myself. Bed. <laughs> so it wasn't ever something that was expressed to the point where it had to be um, dampered. But yeah, my, mom mine was, was, my mom was like, no, that's your no, no. Stop touching. It. I was like, why? It feels so good. <laughs> my, uh, my mom was like, he always jokes about the sex talk that I got from my mom. Um, at the time we had, um, she had foster children. So legally she was like, had to give a sex talk. But at this point, my sister and I, we didn't have a uh, sex talk. So I'm like, like maybe freshman in high school. My sister must be like a junior in high school. And then we have like these two middle schoolers and this other like person who's out of high school. So she like sits us all down. She goes, and she was like a cigarette smoker. So she goes, sex is the best thing since sliced bread. And we and adults don't want you to have sex because we don't want you to have as much fun as we do. And that's she was awesome. like, okay, that's it. And I'm like, Ma, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like it actually sounds nice. Yeah, yeah it, but it she's, was nice. Yeah. But um, shaming from it, there, yeah. she just put a bowl of condoms in the bathroom and was like, grab what you need. I'll never count them. If um if you need more, I'll I'll fill it once a week. And that's just how it was. And then like the kind of the whole, like we were, it was like the type of neighborhood where everybody would like just come in and um, it was just like a friendly neighborhood that way. So like all of my brother's friends would come in and just like take condoms. <laughs> Dude, condoms are expensive. You never realize how yeah. much they cost, especially if you have a lot yeah. of sex. You're like, damn, like. Especially as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. And that encourages people to use them. That's okay. Awesome. Wait, Amir, do you still think late twenties is, is are older people? Well, no. Being 20 and 21, a 28 year old is you feel the, the age difference. There is that, it, yeah. You know? A hundred percent. Yeah, no, they're still babies. Now that I'm 34, I understand that they're still babies. <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I'm always slightly jealous when we tell that story because I didn't get any version of that. Yeah. No. I got reprimanded one time for having porn in my sock drawer. And there was no discussion. There was no, this is how you do it. I never got condoms purchased for me. Kind of just had to figure it out on my own, you know? What kind of porn was it? Was it a DVD, VHS, yeah. or was it a magazine? DVD. DVD. Oh. So my father had to go out his way to find a DVD player to put it in to see oh, what it was. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. It was like a blank disc? No, it was just like a white disc where you write with the marker on top. What did you write on there? Somebody else wrote it. I don't know. Triple Onion X. Big. <laughs> Onion booty. Yeah, onion booty. Booty was a big one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, onion booty? Onion booty. Was oh, cool. nice. Oh, cool. Right. All right. Uh, onion booty. Um, thank you for filling in the blanks with some of that because uh, you two, <laughs> you two are such a beautiful couple. First of all, thank and you. we're excited to have you on the show. I know. Can I go to a sex party where you're at? right? <laughs> so you live life as a dom sub couple, right? So. I know sex, you've both said it's been an important part of your your life for a long time. How did you discover this to be important for you uh, on either or both levels? And how did you find each other? It was interesting. For years, I had no idea. Like Even in the lifestyle, I had no idea what a dom or a sub was. I just knew nothing about the kink side of things. I was just going to sex parties for purely sex. Um, and so just naturally over the years, just being exposed to different environments and different people, you start seeing certain people come to the parties that, you know, moving a little bit different. 
So I started started seeing women coming with collars and they'll have a dong with them. And then maybe they might be on a leash or maybe they might have a ball gag. And it's like clearly something else is going on here. You know, so I struck up conversations with them and started learning about what it's about. But I still never thought it was for me. But then it wasn't until later, a few years later, when I started going to, to dungeons and started going to more kink-related parties where it was everywhere, where I started realizing, actually, the signs were here from a long time ago. Like, I remember early when I was like 16, 17, like really enjoying choking and smacking ass and just like really controlling the situation. Um, and so once I realized, like, actually, this is in, in me. This is no wonder why I like this so much. I started, you know, exploring for myself. Um, and then I had a partner that... I would top, but at the time I was calling it doming because I didn't realize the difference between just topping somebody and actually being in a dom sub relationship. Um, so that was my first taste. I still have the picture of the first bruise I laid on an ass. <laughs> I still have it. I look at it from time to time. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I still have it. It was great. It was so. It's such a baby bruise too. But I was so proud. A of baby bruise. I, I did it. <laughs> I did it. I well, did for it. for people listening to, we're talking about things like choking and spanking. My assumption is it's it's in a consensual environment. Oh, um, thousand percent. Yeah, Because yes. sometimes people are like, "Wait, what? You a bruise?" If they, especially they're new to kink, they're like, "Wait, you, sometimes people get bruised." Yeah, sometimes people get bruised and they like it, and they like they rock it loud and proud, like, "Look what what I did yesterday. I chose that, and it was awesome." And then I mean, you know, you still have the photos, so that's really cool. <laughs> right. So once like I enjoyed that, I had to really accept like, okay, let me explore and really figure out how to do this in a safe way, um, and all the consent, absolutely. Um, and then from there. I just wanted to play like that. I just wanted to have partners where, you know, it was okay for us to have scenes where we would do different things, but I never wanted to have a sub um, until I met her. And then uh, we just naturally fell into our roles. Like the dominance just oozed out of me and the, submit the submissive side of her just oozed out of her. And we just kind of clicked and our puzzle pieces just fit perfectly. It was, it was right. Yeah. And for me, it was... Um... Back in the day when Tumblr was popping with all the sex. And all the, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, that was like my first experience, like knowing that that world existed. Um, there, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. It was crazy. It was like Daddy's Little Whore was like their Tumblr name. And that was like my go to, like where I would watch porn. And it was just like crazy stuff, like just women getting spat on, people getting spat on, beat, spanked, called names. Uh, I love the degradation. And so like that was just. I, I knew that part of me very, very early on, like my teens, but I never like experienced it really, aside from like a good choking um, and like a good slappy slap. Loved it, but um, it was rare that I'd find it. I remember one time actually, I was with this one guy and I was like, um, I was like, call me a whore. And he was like, what? I was like, spit on me. <laughs> He's like, look at me like, what are you talking about? You're too beautiful. I could never. <laughs> I'm like, you know. And it was just like, we were not on the same wavelengths. And I was just like, maybe, maybe you should go. Um, but that was like one of my first experiences, like asking for it, but also being rejected, but being really proud of myself for not only am I asking for it, but I no longer want to continue the situation because it's not meshing. Mm -hmm. So that was like my first experience, um, exploring intensity in that way. But as far as like a Dom sub thing, I didn't, I didn't have any inclination that I was into it to that level until him. And he always like tells a story of when we um, on our first date, we had sex and um, <laughs> I don't think I ever said it. You never did. I never it, said so it. This time. <laughs> um, we're having sex. And in the middle of this uh, amazing, like connected sex, I say only. 
And yeah, you didn't say only, you yelled it. I yelled out. it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. That's this hot. is why you say this part of the story. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so that was like, and I when he brought it up to my attention, I had it was not something I did on purpose. It wasn't something that I thought about. I was like, this would be perfect to say right here. It just like came out. And that's kind of like what sparked the idea for him to even bring up the conversation of like, let's try this thing out. Because when he brought it up, I had no idea what world we were getting into. And um, in a sense, that was, um, it was fun that way because we got to learn together, but it also created poor habits that we had to unlearn. And like, we're now redefining what our dom sub relationship means to us now. And it's really beautiful. It's like, you know, the, no, the more you know, the better you do. And um, it's it's getting better. It's getting amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm loving it. I love that own me but like yelling <laughs> and i love what you're saying also it just coming to you you're not like okay what's the perfect line to say i saw it in a porn once so i'm going to say it at the right time in the right tone it was more like this just you know channeling through you and that's how you know real and authentic that is in that experience that's hot that's my favorite kind of of sex is when i'm just you know making authentic sounds and and saying things that are just like primal that i'm not even thinking about it um, and so th- I'm going to move to another question. You kind mm-hmm. of already shared, I mean, this is already a beautiful, these most multiple beautiful stories about um, your, you know, embracing your kinky sides of your lives. But so I'm curious. So we love happy endings and not just the HJ kind. Can you tell us about your top happy ending stories about fully embracing your kinky side? You know, how did you really get into that aspect of yourself? Like maybe like the story that stands out the most. Um, I would say it was pretty early on, like right around that time, within the first few weeks. So we we uh, got together right before COVID. So within three weeks, it's full-blown COVID, and we were just shacked up with each other. So we had nothing but time and opportunity to just have sex all day, every day. It's no real responsibility. Multiple times a day. It was crazy. Yeah. So Ooh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember one time, and we were very intoxicated. It was, it was great. I remember one time she just like really had me feeling very comfortable and open. And I just really felt like I could trust her just based on our conversations and just how open and free she let me know that she was when we started doing butt stuff. And I was instantly very comfortable with it because like I've done it before and it was always cool, but I feel like I never really allowed myself to be free enough so my partner could really see how much I was enjoying it. Like I would like it, but kind of like like it and keep it cool, you know. It's like you re- you receiving or you are you the giver? Receiving, yeah. Oh, receiving, ah, I love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So with that, with her being able to fully be free and enjoy it, just took it to a whole nother level. And it let me know, oh, okay, this is a safe space. Like we can really explore. We can add a whole nother element to what we do now. So that was that was great. You were that first time, like that long time. I remember. <laughs> so, hands still cramping. <laughs> <laughs> cramps. Hand cramps. It was oh gross, but, like I'm talking. It was like an hour. It was like an hour. Yeah, it, was like an hour. it was great. And my hands, like, like they crack. I don't know if you heard that. They, um, they crack all the time. So I was just like, whew, commitment. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking. Um, we're talking the other day about like how, when, like how you had to commit to your partner's pleasure. I was specifically talking about like when you're eating a woman or a vagina out. It's like you have to when they say like don't stop, like you have to go into your tongue cramps, like you have to go into that thing is swollen in the morning because it's like it just pushes to another level. But but when you also just commit to that person's pleasure, it's just that type of connection is just different. Definitely. 
What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> are you ready for the Unleashed Tour? where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment. Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. So, okay, when you talked about, so I have, I have kind of two tiers because I love, I love the connection that you both share and that's special. And this, so the Dom sub piece isn't, all about what this episode's about at all. But, but you said something, um, Basira, that was interesting. You're like, I didn't know a lot about that Dom sub world until I met him. And then it kind of just fl- like flowed. So for folks out there that I don't know, there's there's probably lots of people that have curiosity about both or they have that sort of turn. They're like, they put up a wall because they're like, well, I'm not kinky. I don't know about kink. And that's sometimes what I think about myself. I'm like, I don't think I'm kinky. And I know this, like the BDSM and kink world are defined in so many different ways because it depends on the human. Right. But like in your world, like how did it go when you dropped into this place? And this is such a broad any question. You can take it wherever you want. But like, how did that click in? Was he like, yo, do you know about Dom sub stuff? Are you into that? Or can I just start flogging you? Or how, how did it go? I just want, I want some, some more juiciness from that. Cause it sounds good. <laughs> My experience was very vague. 
But I will give the caveat of I was very high. <laughs> and nice. he did, but he also didn't know. So um we met and I remember the dates because my my it was my sister's birthday on January 23rd, right? We had our first date January 22nd. So um on the 24th, my sisters and I went, we went to the spa and we're like, okay, let's do some shrooms and like like it's super high. But we're at the spa and if you don't know, you just sweat it out. So it's like we weren't getting high. So we just kept taking more and more and more. So at the end of the night, we end up taking these edibles, like uh, like weed edibles. And we're like on the way home. And my other sister, she was like, well, my husband can't know that we're high. So we have to like pretend to drink. So he thinks we're drunk. But they're so high that they just give us wine. So I'm wasted. I'm like <laughs> out of my mind. And then he texts me and he's like, and mind, this is like a day or two after we have sex. And he's like, um, hey, I, I really need to talk to you. Do you think you can come over? And I'm like, I can't drive. Like, I'm too out of it. He's like, oh, okay, like, when you're ready, I can just send you an Uber. In my high mind, I'm like, hey, I got this man pregnant. Like, shit, I'm about to be a dad. <laughs> like, I'm out of it. So I finally, like, simmer down. And I go over to his place. And he's like, tell me about it. But I'm, like, just, I'm, like, gone. So he's, like, telling me that he wants to explore this dumb sub thing. And he brings up the fact that I said um, that I want him to own me. That I yelled and screamed to the heavens that I want him to own me. <laughs> so um, I'm just, like open I'm extra open and I'm extra aroused I'm like so enamored by this man I'm just like sure <laughs> whatever you say so um I 1000% if I was in my sober mind I still would have said yes I still would have went with it but I didn't understand fully what he was asking in that moment and I love that because though I wouldn't recommend it I love that because it allowed so much space to just be open and to just like I, I, I like to plan. I like to think. I like to like know what I'm getting into. I like to write it down. You're heady as fuck, probably. Like <laughs> exactly. I'm super heady. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So this moment just like allowed me to be like, yeah, this sounds great. Whatever you say. And sure. It, and it sounded like I knew a lot about it because conceptually I did know a lot about yeah. it. Like for over the last maybe year prior, I was doing a lot of research on my own and you know playing and you know testing things out, but. You don't really know until you get into a relationship, especially the mental side of it. Yeah. Like it's one thing to flog somebody, you know, or tell them to go in the position or whatever the case is. That's fun. But like the mental side and really nurturing the relationship and having expectations and 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 growing and, and being a leader for somebody else it's and the lot. challenges that come with it. Yeah, like we didn't really know. We did we, we did not know. That's and the thing. What about your... the yeah, what about the bumps though? The bumps too. Like the bumps the bump. in the road. Like if yeah, there's bumps so... in the road, yeah. I think this will also answer your first question, which was um, like along the lines of what was your first like big, um, would you say happy ending that made you feel like safe in the space? For me, it was um, it was one amazing, but also one of the scariest moments I've ever experienced. And that was entering subspace. So with that, at that at that time, I didn't know it existed. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I had gone to school. So I'm like, <laughs> I go to the new school in Manhattan, right? So I'm like, the new school is like kind of like there's a circle park that's like a circle. And then like you walk on to like the, get to the actual entrance. So I'm like walking in the circle like 12 times. I have no idea. I can't. I'm like so disoriented and I, I can't even figure out how to navigate myself. I remember calling my niece who doesn't live in New York. She's like in Florida. So I'm like, she has to like navigate me where to walk <laughs> based on like find my friends. I'm like, and I didn't know what was going on. But I was just like completely in subspace. And subspace, for those who don't know, it's when you're in a really 
intense scene or really just powerful scene with your partner. And it allows you to break this barrier in your mind where it's like, I call it just like complete freedom. So it's like, I have freedom to not think. I have freedom to just be and to accept whatever he's wanting to do to my body, of course, in a consensual way. And I can just be in that pleasure. So subspace, usually it lasts in that time frame, but sometimes, and in my case, it lasts longer. So it lasted well into the next day where I'm just like, I'm like craving him and needing him and like wanting to be like in his embrace and like in his protection and also just not realizing what the hell this is. So I'm just thinking I'm like, what do they say? Um, not sprung, but I'm thinking I'm like digmatized or something. And I'm just like, oh my God, this dick is so good. But <laughs> which it is, but that's not exactly what that was. It was, it was so much deeper than that. So that was for me, um, my first experience, like, okay, like I feel home, but also a bump in the road because it's just like, I didn't know what was happening. And I, I literally felt like I was going insane. Mm. I've never heard digmatized. I really like that. One. <laughs> it's like, is being digmatized a bump in the road or is that a good, a good thing? I don't know. I, I think I've been, yeah, yeah, it's a good thing. I think I've been digmatized. Depending a couple on times. who the dick belongs to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. And again, everyone consent, consent, consent. Okay. So well, that's one bump. So I guess to like rephrase that a little bit, what would you say if you could give like a generalized idea of some of the challenges of, of experiencing you know, a dom sub sub dom relationship or starting to try different things in the in the kink world. You have you ever had any of those messy situations where we're like, oh shit, how do we navigate this one? Or like well, it requires a lot of repair or cleanup, emotional cleanup. I think that not knowing what we don't know was a big issue. Yeah. So challenges will arise where we will just be butting heads and, and just friction um and not being able to necessarily uh smoothly go in a direction that we want to go because we're not clear of truly what's required or we may have certain uh, expectations or ideas of what a dom looks like or what a sub looks like and we're still figuring out how to communicate those versions but we're kind of just on different channels slightly yeah so i think we had to go through you know some some challenging times and like argue our way through it sometimes because we weren't clear on even what the other person was really saying so i think that the communication, the being clear on your roles, because there is one thing that we we learned, one of the biggest lessons is that there is no one way to do it. There's no one version of being a dom. And if you think that there is, you need to really look at yourself and like, what do I want to get out of this? What are you capable yeah. of doing? Yeah, what are you capable of and what do you want? Why are you doing anything that you're doing? You don't do it just because you feel that that's what you're supposed to do in this role. Yeah, for me, it was... Um just not knowing what a sub was and like my knowledge of it was kind of what he was telling me. And it took me a while to just even do my own research and, and figure out like, okay, this is the type of sub I am. And also like realizing I'm a switch. So being a sub and being a switch is, is very, it's just two different energies. And then like my switch would come up in uh, not necessarily like in our sexual spaces, never there, but like in our day-to-day -day spaces where it's just like, Oh, like I think it should go this way. And he's just like, well, is going to go this way. And I'm like, well, I think it just like starts an argument. And I think just even having that base level of knowledge about myself, it would have just shifted how we communicated. And um, because I don't switch with him. So it's like I'm I'm a sub with him, but I still am a switch at nature. So just like navigating that and seeing where what I'm actually capable of doing, what how I'm should be communicating because of, you know, it's just like that push and pull within me. 
and how that fits with him. Um, I think that was like one of our biggest bumps in the road. For sure. So you have a switch in you, but you you switch with, like with others and like because that will get actually we know you're in an open relationship, so we can get there too. So for a lot of people who don't, can you explain what a switch is for people who don't know what a switch is? Yes, a switch is someone who has both dominant and submissive energy or can um, play or interact with both of those equally or just to some extent. Like I think for some, like for him, he's a dom. Like he doesn't switch into a submissive role. And for some subs, it's like they can't even fathom being in a dominant role. So a switch can switch between both. Thank you. I also love though, when you all were setting up how much you bossed him around, (laughs) just to say, you're like, hey, you need to raise the camera, lower the camera. Uh, I don't like, I was like, I love this and yes. not that that means uh, sub and dom stuff but for me i like that was you it's subs don't have to uh just i, I mean that that's a thing i think and and this isn't something that i i, I just am, am framing this question in my brain so bear with me for a second so like dominance and submission can mean a lot of things to different folks right it doesn't have to be a certain way where you're like pee on me choke me i'm a sub that's what i need right it's and or i'm dominant in in the relationship like you're a switch um and so you can dominate some situations in the bedroom but like there doesn't have to be a specific way that either of those roles i'll just say look like or am i wrong like uh, tell me more yeah no absolutely um i think that was probably another challenge for me in recognizing how strong of a personality that she has in other areas, because especially in the beginning, the version I got of her was this subby puddle of love and cuddles and just wanting to be owned in that way. And so to be able to see sides of her where she was much stronger and was trying to be more bossy or just trying to lead um, in certain areas, me allowing some space for that to exist within the relationship. Only recently, have I really been starting to learn how to do that and letting things, you know, be and knowing that it's okay. And it's not, it's not a challenge against my dominance. It's just allowing her space to just be herself. I love that. That's so good. Everyone listen out there. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you're not in a dom sub relationship, get curious about your partners, pay attention to them and listen. Hmm. Yeah. And even what I love about it is, Yes, in the BDSM community, there are like hard lines of or hard identities and labels. But even in a non-BDSM relationship, there are still those energies. You know, there's still that energy of um, a submissive woman or a submissive man and a dominant woman or whoever, um, however you identify, there's still that dominant and submissive energy. And there is still that switch energy. And sometimes it's that egalitarian energy. Um, and I think it's important for people to just kind of like look into themselves and say like, hmm, I don't want to be beat, pissed on or spat on, but I do think I'm more of a submissive energy um, and seeing like how that plays out. And, and I think that in knowing that it allows space to just amplify how you move in your relationship and and looking at, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses. Like I tell him all the time, like he is big picture like he like whatever his I would say like whatever your dream is you tell me your dream I'm small picture I am details you tell me your dream I'll make your dream come true I'll make sure you have absolutely everything you need in order to make that dream happen and we work well that way because he will have the idea and I will like put all the things together to make sure that his idea comes to fruition in the fullest way and in knowing that about ourselves and our roles we're able to do that even with our podcast and like like the podcast, for example, it was his idea. 
And it's just like the details of it, it is that's where I come in. That's how we help to bring it to life. But it's like that with almost every aspect of our life. I like that. You're you make a great team and a really yeah, hot one. At that. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube, who also happens to be a sponsor, Uber Lube. Uber Lube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy. And I actually want it all over my body, y'all. I'm not joking. It's long lasting and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky and has no flavor or scent. And April, I've heard you say this great for oral sex. That's right. Mm-hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending Uberlube to their patients for various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin. It's highly body friendly. It's less likely to change the pH and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized. Uberlube is not just for sex. It's for massage. You can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love. So the aesthetics are beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code SHAMELESS to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending omgs to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. Omgs utilizes scientific research of real vulvas, showing techniques to pleasure the pussy, and then they turn the research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing: omgs is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Hey, vulva owners, want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world? Or vulva admirers want to up your pussy pleasure skills? Well, you gotta check OMGS out now. OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure, and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research, and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. Okay, so I have a question about, uh, we love tips over here at Shameless Sex. Our listeners are, are all about tips. So if you could share just like some, you know, quick and easier, maybe not the quick, but, you know, top tips for people who are trying to live their ultimate, as their ultimate authentic kinky self, like trying to do what you all did to discover that in yourself. And, you know, what would be your top tips for people, how they could take this on and embrace this part of themselves? Well, I know it sounds cliche, you know, keeping open mind, but I think that really is one of the most foundational things because there's so many life is always telling you what you can and can't do in the world of sex and kink and what's too much and you know what's acceptable and i think a lot of people try to still navigate within those bounds and determining what things they want to explore for themselves i think being completely open and just diving in not in a physical sense but really learning what's available go to events talk to people have conversations research things Find the list of kinky options available and then figure out, you know, oh, that sounds interesting. And then find someone who you feel safe with where you can explore that, but without any limitations on yourself. I just feel like we can all surprise ourselves quite a bit if we have that approach and really find things that we just never thought that we would ever be into. 
<laughs> I agree. Um, one thing I was telling you earlier that um, I am a sex and relationships coach. And one thing that I always tell my clients is um, first, before we even get into the relationship and the communication, it's like, let's work on you first. And the tip I always give to my clients and just people in general is look within, like figure out, find that sensual connection to yourself, understand what you actually want, what you actually like, masturbate, touch yourself, date yourself, really understand who you are and what you are asking of somebody else to do for you or to you. And I think just in having that baseline of understanding, it, it just shifts how you move in sex. It shifts how um, the things that you tolerate and don't tolerate, the, the, the moments where you need to speak up for yourself and you don't or you do. It's like having that full understanding of yourself and being unshakable in that, it, it shifts how you do absolutely everything. I love what you said, Basira. Well, I love what both of you say, but I love how you recognized that your strengths are the details too. And then you, you're you like, I can make this happen. You have this macroscopic view of things. And I look at the more detailed portions of life, whether in inside or outside the bedroom. And I think that's so important to recognize as a couple or a unit, or a, if even if you're open with folks, like to recognize each partner and even a friendship, like their strengths and where you can, yeah. you can balance each other and raise each other's vibrations, if you will, uh, to sound yeah. like a total fucking West coast hippie over here, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it. raise those vibes. <laughs> so, uh, I appreciate that just, uh, and I think the balance that you two share is really special. So that was a, just a side note because I want to honor the words because I think those are really important things that um, I'd like to highlight for that because I at least took away pieces from that. And I'm like, I need to do that more often. Amy, you're fabulous. You Thank are you. so beautiful and I love you and you're smart. April, you're you're really good at the macro and the micro. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're better with micro, but no, you are better with both. Okay. I'm better with micro. <laughs> uh, so we, we saw something on a recent post that you did. Men... Yeah. Can squirt too? I yes. have to we, please share more about this because it's like mind blowing to me, and I love it. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll share the uh, what led to that happening. I think just it was a perfect storm. All the stars were aligned. Everything was was perfectly placed. So basically, after uh, a long night of sex, a lot of hours of sex in Mali, uh, I was wrapping up my evening, and I was no longer with my partner. I was just by myself, but I was still really high and horny. And I had a uh, had a wand vibrator just laying on my bed, so I was like, "Huh, let's play with that." So I uh, I pulled it out, started using it on myself, just tried, you know, just exploring the sensation for the first time. I don't think I've ever done it before. And all of a sudden, I started feeling this buildup of intensity that I've never felt before. And then I just kept going. Like it started getting not uncomfortable, but just too much. But I just kept going anyway. And then all of a sudden, I just started squirting everywhere on my bed, and it was clearly not coming from the same pipeline that you know pee comes from and it just felt different and it was it just going and flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing it just felt amazing i was just like wow yeah i really did that <laughs> it was flowing for like a good 15 20 seconds honestly it was going it was going bed wow. completely done you're like oh, i yeah. should have bought one of those fascinator uh throw blanket waterproof yeah, blankets I, like because yeah. the, the aftermath sometimes that. i'm like damn it i have to do so much laundry towels just don't cut it <laughs> no we love our sex but then i'm like is this an anomaly like am i somebody special I'm like, so i gotta look this up so i looked it up but no men can absolutely squirt the likelihood of it is not as high as women obviously but we are fully capable yeah it's the same it comes from the same like the urethra it comes from that canal but it's not urine mm -hmm. 
That's yeah. the same. I mean, we, we have that battle over time. here with, with, uh, with, you know, our bodies, vulva owner squirting, like, it's not real. It's pee. And I'm like, okay, cool. Even if there's some urine in it, you know, like it's just, it's just, it feels different. It looks different. It smells different. It's different, but y'all can say we're peeing, knock yourself out. I don't think so, but that's fine. No, Whatever. we definitely aren't. It's coming from that state. It comes from the similar, like, trap so that's where that sense comes from like where sometimes people say it smells like urine but it's not it just comes from that area so people think that it is look it yeah. up people yeah look open. it up even and if even you if are it... just peeing all over the place it feels great just yeah. do it anyway yeah who cares <laughs> yeah yeah urine's mostly sterile so and exactly. actually ejaculate yeah it's yeah. definitely it's a lot clearer than right? urine though even even if you're not hydrated and you ejaculate uh, so meaning like, you know, if your pee is clear, it's still ejaculate is a lot less yellow in color. Like if you have yeah. sheets that you can, uh, see like it there, it's very clear and it has like little traces of the uric acid, but it's not as concentrated as urine. Cause it's coming from exactly from that same track. The, the urethral, is it the urethral canal, Amy? Urethral tube, but, tube, the, the but tubule- even ejaculate has urine in it because it's coming out of the urethra so we're not like oh no there's urine your ejaculate must not be real (laughs) just it's ridiculous what a silly battle we have if not it's a really surprising golden shower yeah those two so hey now yeah and you're like i didn't even know i was in the golden showers now i know hey uh i'm so i'm curious about so that's awesome thank you for that because i actually didn't really that was new for both of us we're like wait man can square this is so cool now i'm gonna go look at the research so you two are in an open relationship so you're in a dom sub relationship a kinky relationship a very loving relationship i love everything about your relationship thus far and i think that it sounds beautiful and tell us about the open relationship part and you're also raising a child too what is this what does this look like um well we knew pretty much right away that we wanted to be open i think well did you you knew that did you know clearly that you wanted to be open would you say okay see we both knew that we both wanted to be open i didn't know it was going to come when it did i wasn't really looking for a relationship um, and I was just kind of out doing my thing at the time, but it was very clear, like, oh, okay, I found someone who gets me, like understands the lifestyle that I'm interested in having. Um, so it was very natural for us. Like we didn't have to have many challenging conversations about how this was going to go. Just like, okay, yeah, we're going to explore this. We just wanted to figure out, you know, what kind of people we were interested in and kind of set our parameters and rules about how it would look for us. Um, but we had so much time to do that because it was COVID. So we had a whole year. Uh, you know, complete lockdown where we weren't interacting with anybody. So by the time that we we started to go to parties, yeah, we were very clear and we just kind of jumped, jumped right in. I will say it shifted for me. Like at first I just wanted like more of a sexual relationship and kind of just blossomed into like, oh, like, well, these people are nice (laughs) and I like them and I vibe with them. Um, So it's it's blossomed into more. We open up with usually um, women involved or owners and it's been, it's been a really beautiful experience just being able to just also just like what you learn. Like I'm really big into sisterhood. So it's like really good to have like cool to have a sisterhood and also just like be able to fuck them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like, I don't know. It it breeds a lot of um, understanding, a lot of pleasure and just, a lot of openness and, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, I feel like we we've taken little pieces of of all of our partners with us as yeah. we've grown, whether it's sexually or just even terms of learning about like we, we had a one non-binary partner who really, at least for me, really opened me up to understanding different people's experience. Like I was always completely fine with everyone doing their own thing. I never placed judgment in in that way, but I still wasn't necessarily interested in like learning more about it 
but in in meeting them like they really opened up that world to me and i'm so grateful for that now i feel like you know in any space now like i can really connect with people in a genuine way yeah. Yeah, so it's been beautiful that too it really has been Oh, I love that. So, so because the podcast, we have so many different folks of all different levels of experience with not only openness, like open relationships, but um, also non-monogamy um, because there's so many different varieties, uh, kink, BDSM. So this is not specific to any of those things, but for folks out there that you're talking about your relationship, whether it does have to deal with um, their like questions about, oh, the the openness or um, the the subdom kinkiness. And they're like, that's not normal. I don't know about how I could do that, which to me is a little shame, shaming. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but it happens. Sometimes people say things about Amy now, they're like, you're not normal. Like, we know we love being not normal. Fuck yes. Like we'd much rather be <laughs> not normal. So how would you like address people with their perspective if they have um, any of those not normal opinions about about you because I think you're beautiful and I love you. Yes. We love you too. <laughs> okay. I think that um, I would just say it's not your normal and that's okay. And that's the beauty of being individuals. My normal is my normal. And I, I look at other people, many people's normal and I'm like, that's really abnormal to me. That does not fit me and my lifestyle. Um, that's wild about you over there. And you keep that over there. <laughs> be happy. I'm so happy that you're happy. But that's just not my normal. I don't think that it has to be bad. I don't think that it has to be this negative thing. It just is different. And I think when we can really just look at the beauty of people being happy in their normal, then that's like the whole point of you know being human and being able to connect in that way. So I would just say, instead of looking at it like, this is bad or this is weird or whatever, it's like, it is bad and it is weird and it's sexy too. And that's what I love about it. And you don't have to. Yeah, and for me, I think two questions come up. What is even normal? What does that even really mean? And why do you want to be normal? Like, why do you why do you <laughs> want that? You know, and I think if you really answer those questions, you know, it may stop you for a second. What, what do I think is normal? And, and, and why do I want to have that? Because um, I think that life is just a series of perspectives. That's all it is. Everyone has a perspective, but there is no one normal way of, of doing anything. So why do you want it's to try to do that? It's a common way, but is, do you really want it to be common? Yeah. Also, about, yeah, trying no. to yeah not be common, but they want to be normal. Normal? Yeah. It's, 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 it's a statistic. Really, if you look at it, it's the numbers of people that researchers, they research these folks on whatever they're trying to test. And, and abnormal is the deviation from all of the people that they researched, right, for whatever test testing they were they were pulling. And we, we talked about this in our book because I'm like, actually the deviation is more normal because they can't test billions of people. So really the abnormal parts. And I don't know. It's more normal to be different. Fuck, well, yes. Orpheus Black says that, that yes. um, I think he was talking about kink specifically, that's any deviation from what you think is normal. I think is what, how, what he said. I was like, Love it. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very insightful. We are um, so turned on by the the taboo and when we find something that is so not normal, just for the fact that it's not normal, yeah. we are just like, that's hot. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. We, we've tried so many things just because it was not normal and taboo. Yeah. That within itself doesn't work. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's more fun being on this side for me, but for other people, maybe not. And it and like I just said, the sides doesn't have to be sides, but there's not what like you said, I think a lot of what you've been sharing here is there's not one way to do anything. As long as there's consent, there's not one way to do kink, sub, open relationships, you know, whatever it is. And you're kind of what you two have been sharing about your journeys to get to where you are today that will continue to evolve is also just kind of following the thread of like, okay, I like this. I don't like this. I, I'm interested in trying this. Um, and that can speak to every aspect of being a sexual being or in a relationship. And I think that that's really, really important. And who knows, you might just you scream own me at some point. So, right. which I, so I might do that just so you know, and it's because I learned it from you. I'll give you credit right after it'll be like, <laughs> own oh, me. And that's, those. <laughs> yeah, that's from both but, uh, sides of the bed podcast. But even beyond that, I think that by challenging what's normal sexually for me, and going beyond that, it's helped me grow in my life in general. And just having that same approach to life in other areas where I might have tried to be normal at one point and just doing what I want to do now. So I am grateful for for challenging that sexually. So I definitely encourage people to do that and see how else it could uh, affect you in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, normal also is so it's such a variation from place to place, like things that are normal for some people on the West Coast are totally abnormal for people in Maine. Or it's like when I go to different countries, I'm like, whoa, that's that's awesome. I never knew that was a thing. So I think we should all just be ourselves. And as long as you're doing it with, yes, the consent piece. And I think like if it feels good for you after the consent piece is honored, then then fucking go for it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like have it feel good, Mm -hmm. whether it's I don't know. Whether it's petting your hair or we're ripping it out, Amy, can or I do that? Golden shower or golden shower <laughs> or golden uh, ejaculate. Or I'm not very <laughs> sexual. I just like to snuggle. And that's it. Nope. Yeah. I don't really yeah. want anything near my genitals. I just want it missionary style every day for the rest of my life. That's all I want. Good for that's you. Cool you too. do you. If you're happy. I love missionary. That is honestly my favorite position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like people I are just it doing it wrong. Or they're <laughs> sleeping on it. <laughs> There's but, like get, um, it, get it done. I was I, I just thought about this conversation I was having um, actually at a play party and this person was talking about how like it's just consensual non-consensual it's like there's this baseline of consent and then there's a safe word but once those things are established like they don't want to feel the consent anymore mm. and I think there's so much freedom in that space as well of just like and that's so also abnormal it's like one of the most abnormal things and it's like when people talk about it they shy away from you know they get smaller they're just like yeah i'm into it or like oh my god i would never but they're totally into it in the back mm-hmm. and um i think it's just so interesting how even like what you were just saying earlier about you know as long as it's consenting adults that are doing it then it's fine as long as it's consenting consenting adults i can't speak then it's fine and it's like even in a space like that where you're consenting to non-consent as long as you know there is that baseline there, then it's then that so that's what makes it normal. Is that you want it? Is that you're safe? Is that it's okay? Uh, that's the normality. That's the amount of normality that I'm looking for and the extent of it. Yeah, and I think the way what you're saying when you're consenting to not having to really deal with the consent conversation later mm-hmm. on, you're creating this safe foundation where it's not like you you can't speak your boundaries anymore and be like, I don't want that. Yes, no. It's that we've created, as, as my, I'm assuming what you're speaking to, created that that safety, kind of that bubble where exactly. now we just know that we will sp- take care of ourselves and speak that and we'll respect each other for that and that it's completely safe. So we don't, don't now have to be like, can I touch here? Can I touch there? Can I touch there? I just now know you're going to tell me when something... And we need to slow down, stop altogether. Uh, but it takes that building initially, I think, to really get there. So yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's absolutely. I, yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I just um, never really heard anyone say it that way, consenting mm-hmm. to not having to de- like really consent. After the agreement's made, then you're like yeah. consenting to non-consent, yeah. where you're like, all right, anything goes yeah. unless the safe word is is thrown, right? That's right. what we're saying. That's what freaks people out, but not freaks them out, but like, oh God, do I have to, to every step of the way, ask you permission? Can I touch your cheek now? I don't Can want I that. Hair? I know I don't want that. I'm like, fuck, dude, we already consented. Like, what but, exactly? but I don't yeah. want you to do those things if I don't feel safe with you, because now, now we have a problem. So yeah, I think that's that's awesome. I'm maybe use that one too. I'll give you yeah. <laughs> one thing that I'm like really passionate about um, right now is like creating a secret language between us and just between couples. Um, and even like uh, what you were saying earlier about if there's a moment where uh, you two pause and it's just like, you know, keep going because y'all are having this conversation between you two. Just like having that secret language between two people, whether it's podcast partners or in a relationship um, to just know like, okay, these are our safe words for this moment. Like, hey, if I just randomly say blue, that means like the Wi-Fi is glitching and we need to pause for a second. You know what I mean? It's just like having that that secret coded language. And then when it comes to sex, if I say red, that means just stop. That means I'm uncomfortable. There's no discussion. There's no maybe. It's just stop. And then we'll, we can check it and move forward. And even if you're out and about, I think just having that secret language and establishing like we have these four words and these four mo- words each have its own meaning so that we can communicate in a way that's easy and simple and it takes all the other words out. I think my favorite way of using them is in an argument. Um, we are the type of people, we are very passionate, <laughs> very strong-minded people. So when we argue, it's just, just strong passion. So it's like having just that one word where if I say red in the midst of an argument, instead of saying, can you calm down? Or like, why are you talking? To me? It's just like red. It just is that all-encompassing. Let's stop. We don't have to continue the argument. Like, Because the, even the way I, my tone may be, if I try to say the proper sentence, may be off. So even if my tone is off, just we all know what red means. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that that language there, that protection there, um, that safety there, whether it's argument, whether it's a regular conversation or whether it's sex, it's just so important. And that's good advice. I like that you're using colors too. You're like getting the Crayola box out. You're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. macaroni and cheese yellow means shit's going down. Okay. <laughs> What's that one color? Puce? Or, Puce. Yes. <laughs> or aubergine means, hey, it's on. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine being in the middle of art? Fucking aubergine. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you two are so fantastic. I cannot wait to be on your show because you have an incredible podcast and I would love for you to tell all of our listeners out there there, how to find your podcast. And also, I know that you do things outside of the podcast. How can they work with you and find you on social media channels where you're talking about the man squirting and all the other fun things that come out? And Both Sides of the Bed is the podcast name. Also, please share with our listeners. Yes, you can definitely find us out on all your podcast platforms and on YouTube at Both Sides of the Bed. Um, Also on Instagram, TikTok, and on both sides of the bed and on our website, both sides of the bed.tv. Yes, we're very consistent. Yes. <laughs> um, and if you're looking for sex and relationship coaching and you want to take your sensual journey, your relationship journey to the next level, you can um, reach me at b-intimate.com. Or if you catch us on um, our Instagram, both sides of the bed, it's right there in the link tree. Perfect. Thank you. You two are just fantastic. I'm so happy that we got to drop in with you. And yes, now we're going to do more fun stuff. So check out both sides of the bed podcast, y'all. We're going to be on there. And how many episodes do you have now? Starting 15. Nice. I thought it was 13. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah maybe tuned. you have two that have been, <laughs> yes. So that, we could start at the beginning and just keep. Exactly. That, exactly. That's like not as scary. Sometimes when I, I start a series, for instance, of, uh, so and I'm like, there's like seven seasons of this. <laughs> oh, I get like anxiety about it. So I think that's a good start and, and we can't wait. So thank you both. And Thank you to our listeners out there, shameless sex revolutionaries. We love each and every one of you so much. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. I know Amy means that too. Please, if you love us just as much, rate us on iTunes and Spotify. Just give us five stars. We read every single review and it helps folks find more podcasters that are phenomenal, like both sides of the bed folks and all of the incredible guests that we have on shameless sex. Seriously, love you so much. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another episode. Also, check us out on YouTube. We're on there. We're on there. We haven't been kicked off yet. We won't be. We won't be. Seriously. Never. Uh, so check us out. Love you all so much. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.